data-driven podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we explore how to transform your company and career through data-driven decision-making. Want to become a data storytelling aficionado? Then sit back, relax, and get ready to unlock the true potential of your data. Here's the host of the Data-Driven Podcast, Dominic Bohan. Welcome to the Data-Driven Podcast, where we dive deep into getting more value from our business data. Whether you're a data professional, business leader, or just someone curious about developing data skills, the Data-Driven Podcast is here to guide you along your journey. I'm your host and the co-founder of Story IQ, Dominic Bohan. Today, we're going to uncover some specific ways you can leverage data to optimize your marketing decision-making. Joining us is Caitlin Wiggins, who is the marketing director at Liquefied Creative, which is an award-winning full-service advertising agency located in Annapolis, Maryland. Liquid Creative specializes in branding, marketing, and public relations, foregoing traditional ad agency department structures to allow for a truly holistic approach to client success. Yesterday, Caitlin and I talked about the role of data in marketing decision-making. Today, we're going to continue our conversation and discuss utilizing analytics to drive effective campaigns. Here's my conversation with Caitlin Wiggins, Marketing Director at Liquefied Creative. Caitlin, thanks for joining us again on the Data Driven Podcast. Yesterday, we talked more broadly about the role of data in marketing decision-making. Let's drill down now for today's episode into specifically how we can use analytics to drive effective campaigns. So can we start off by defining what are the sort of campaigns where data is most valuable, what we're trying to do with them, and then we'll look at how analytics can turbocharge the effectiveness of those campaigns. Certainly. I think it's going to be great to kind of dive in really to how we can look at this data in more of a holistic standpoint. As far as kind of the campaigns that you're looking at, really utilizing an analytics platform for is really any sort of marketing campaign. And I think it's really interesting because I know yesterday we talked a little bit about earned media and public relations and whatnot, but there's really a way to kind of tie all of your analytics into one central hub, allowing you to look at your paid marketing campaigns, your earned marketing campaigns, and your owned marketing campaigns as one solidified picture. What was that third category that was paid, earned, and something else? Owned. What is owned? So when I talk about owned, I'm talking about the channels that your brand has as themselves. Probably not the best way to put it. However, let's talk about you know your website, your social platforms that you're on. Anything that you are running and operating as your brand that you're not really paying an advertising fee to do. Okay. So paid is obvious. Paid is I pay for an ad on Facebook. Earned is, let's say, Forbes magazine writes an article about you because you're awesome. You've got great things to share. And then owned is your own blog or your own newsletter or an asset that you own completely. Is that right? Correct. hundred percent. So I think that's a great framework for exploring the different ways that we can drive effective campaigns. So should we drill into one of the three? I think that's a great idea. I think one of the best ones that we could drill into is paid media, you know, because that's really going to be 
I'd say where you have the most risk in a way because you have dollars behind it, right? Any sort of paid medium, when I talk about it, it could be like a pay-per-click campaign, display ads, a retargeting campaign. And it's interesting because it can kind of overflow into like paid content promotion, you know, like an advertorial or something along those lines, social media ads, and even influencer marketing. So I think like that's probably the best place to focus how we could apply analytics. Can we dive into influencer marketing? I think this is a really fascinating one. Oh, me too. I think it's extra challenging, right? To measure the value. Yes, I couldn't agree more. It's a tricky thing because you know there's value there, right? But how do you know, like, are they charging me an arm and a leg? Am I going to get the right engagement on the right day? You know, is it, sometimes you're even looking at it and you'll you'll get a media kit from an influencer and it's, X amount of dollars for even just, you know, posting a story. How am I going to guarantee that I'm going to get as much eyes on that as I am in an in-feed post, especially with like the algorithm changing everything, right? I think that, you know, the influencer marketing is still an area where I'm a little wary. It's tough because we've utilized influencers on everything from hyper-local campaigns to national campaigns. And I've seen more success with it in a hyper-local format because it's more targeted. Can you give us an example? Yeah, for sure. We work with a lot of nonprofits because, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I, I promise we really are super passionate about giving back to the community that allows us to, you know, do business there, live there, and have our lives there. It's a team effort in our eyes. So whenever we're working with a nonprofit, we are trying to be as conservative as possible on budget. Now, we have one that we work with that utilizes some hyper-local influencer placements, and we've seen a lot of success doing that. We've seen, kind of back to what we were talking about yesterday, like that engagement factor. You're seeing a lot more people either show up, they're commenting on the social media content. Some of them even go kind of the newsletter route and you're seeing people share it from that person's newsletter, which is crazy to me. So you kind of have this really loyal and devoted following on more of a hyper-local basis where you have national or international influencers that you see them wearing something, you might get a lot of people to wear it, but from you know more of like an event basis that hyper-local or super niche influencer is really where we've seen the success in that. How local are we talking when we say hyper-local? I'm talking like city-based, like down to maybe five to seven zip codes. Okay, so like Manhattan, for example. Yes, yeah. Okay, that's pretty local. Yes, yeah. So I mean really niche. Okay, is that part of it as well? So there's the geo aspect. Is part of a successful influencer campaign finding a very tight niche in terms of interest and the people that follow that influencer? I think 100%. That's very true. And it becomes more difficult depending on what it is you're trying to influence people to do or take part in or attend. Because, you know, at least our group, we really pride ourselves on trying to be as genuine as possible in what we're doing. And we don't want to put something in front of the wrong group that it's really also not going to be of value to them. Because we also don't want 
that to affect future engagement with that demographic. So it's really challenging sometimes to find like, you can pretty much target people who are going to be engaged in nonprofit events. They generally tend to have like the same psychographic data behind them or metrics. But let's say it's like just a regular event. This is off the top of my head, but let's say you're having like a food festival and it was only for, I don't know, hot wings or pickles or something like that. Finding an influencer to shape that or drive action around that is going to be very niche. And I think that's where the challenge comes in. Can data help us in this finding the right influencers mission? I think so. And I think the the best influencers are the ones who are going to share their kind of behind the scenes data and insight with you prior to you making that decision. Okay. So it's sort of a bespoke engagement each time. And some of them might share their data from platforms and some of them don't. Is that kind of how it plays out? Yes. And I usually will only have our team make a decision if an influencer does have something like a media kit. So there's influencers out there that you'll go and you'll say, I'd love to run something on your channel. Here's my content. You know, how much is it going to cost? They'll tell you. Others will say, let me send you my media kit. I can tell you the age demo of my followers, my engagement metrics, you know, when they're most active, all of those important data points that you need to inform decision making. Because influencers are in a sense telling a story too, right? So I need to make sure that I have some insight behind that. I mean, it's even better if you're working with the same initiative time after time for talking about that event item. Because you can say what worked last year and you know what worked the year prior, what didn't work. But when you're newly engaged with it or if it's the first time that you're kind of going down the influencer marketing route, I think that the, something like a media kit is something that you should ask for as a marketer. So it's a bit of a red flag if they can't supply one. Yeah, a little bit. Yes. Let's say they do supply us with one. So the influencer has given us good data. How can we use that to make an informed decision on what's a fair price to pay? If I understand correctly, it's like influencers are almost the opposite of these systematized platforms like Meta and Google, where it's all data driven and the pricing is determined by auctions and systems. And from what I've seen with influencer marketing, the pricing is just all over the place. Yes, that is one of the... I think nuances of kind of the influencer avenue as a whole, because you're getting, you know, social media is this wonderful and vast place, but it kind of gives a lot, anybody and everybody the opportunity to be an influencer, right? And how you grow your followers is not, you know, my business, it's your business as the influencer and the owner of that specific account or platform or whatnot. But, you know, you'd think that there should be maybe a formula. Okay, you have X amount of followers and you have X amount of engagement on your post. This is how much you charge. But it really is kind of the Wild West when you say they can set their own prices and you can choose to do business with them or not. And it's really kind of how do you as the marketer determine the value behind that? Because... There might be somebody on TikTok that's younger, kind of new to the game, maybe doesn't have that experience or background to understand what you need to give somebody to have them make that decision. 
But there's also brands out there with millions and millions and millions of dollars that paying X amount for a post where they know that this influencer on TikTok is worth maybe 10 grand, they don't have a problem paying it because it's a drop in the bucket. But that also makes it a little bit less attainable for smaller brands or smaller organizations without the bandwidth to supply a budget like that. How do they know it's worth 10 grand? I sometimes don't know if they do. I mean, I think there's also things to be taken into account about like base operating costs and base campaign costs. I mean, I've worked on campaigns where a $500 to $1,000 spend is one that is such a drop in the bucket that it doesn't need approval. I've worked on ones where $200 is something that needs that approval. And I've also worked on ones where $10,000 is just a drop in the bucket to somebody. So I think that the question of how much is too much really depends on the size of the entity employing the campaign. Cool. Okay. So that was an interesting take on influencer marketing. Should we have a look at just the classic channels, the classic paid channels like Facebook, Meta, et cetera, and how to use data to drive those campaigns effectively? Certainly. I think that's great because I think that those are the platforms where I think also your, your dollar can stretch the furthest which is great to know and what better way to kind of support that decision-making from analytics. I think that it's A, important you have an analytics platform that you can understand and kind of easily interpret. When you say an analytics platform, let's say we're talking about a small business. Is it okay for them to just use the built-in tools provided by Meta and Google if they're the only channels they're using? Or would you still say they need a platform to centralize all the data and do some more sophisticated analytics? I think the native platforms are perfectly fine for somebody that isn't trying to take on this high volume campaign or just starting out, like you said. I think the native platforms within Meta, if you have Google Analytics on your website, those can really help inform your decision making and you don't need some super advanced all-in-one solution to do that. That's probably a relief for some people. What's the level of complexity where you'd say, look, guys, you've got to invest in something a bit more sophisticated? I would say when you're running a multi-channel campaign, let's say you're doing something where you have billboards, print ads, digital ads, even to sum it up, a media mix of not to go back to the paid earned and owned, but you have a heavy media mix, but even within that paid attribution, when you have print, when you have digital, all of those items, I think that's when maybe you want to look at something a little bit more advanced because you don't want to lose kind of those valuable insights that you could be gaining from the money you're spending. Yep. And what are some of these more advanced platforms and what can they do for people? So we used to use one called Octoboard and it wasn't necessarily our favorite. We are actually currently in the marketing of kind of shopping for a new one, but there's two that I have always drawn towards. One's called Funnel IO and that one has, you know, they refer themselves as like the marketing data hub. So something like this allows users the opportunity to collect and interpret and prepare and analyze all of your marketing data from multiple sources in one place. It's also great to have that aspect of kind of like we were talking about yesterday, 
taking these insights to decision makers to inform the next steps of your budget, right? So I think it offers a marketer or even just a person that's doing them themselves a central hub where you can view all of your data in one place and it will help you draw more conclusive insights from it rather than you having to piecemeal everything from every different source. Okay, that sounds good. In terms of if you've got a small business, you don't have an analytics team, maybe you don't even have much of a marketing team, what are some of the best platforms you can use that are going to make it easy to get started and maybe automate or use AI to bring together all of this data and help an end user that's not so technical start getting insights that they can tell a story and drive action with? I think for somebody just starting out, especially with the launch of GA4, so with Google Analytics, you're pretty much covered. Google Analytics also offers avenues where you can integrate some of your other sources online. So even if you're not having one central hub, you can still integrate some of your other channels where you're doing your marketing within this to inform data insight and decision making. Or you're utilizing the platforms that you have that also have other integrations available. So trying to tie in where you can, if that makes sense. Like I know that, you know, back to what we were kind of talking about with MailChimp, they have options to kind of integrate other platforms like we talked about. So there's these hubs that exist within the platforms you're currently using. It may be a little bit more piecemealed, but it's still providing you like a low cost, already there alternative than to going for some large scale data hub. That makes sense. So in some cases, we may be able to centralize things within a platform like GA or MailChimp that we're paying for already and minimize the workload, keep it simple, get everything in one place. Exactly. Sounds good to me. And you'd be surprised. I mean, some of the things that these platforms have the capability to do are things they couldn't do years ago. And it's important to take advantage of those things. I mean, even while we're transitioning to another kind of data hub alternative, we're doing that exact thing. We have some a little bit more advanced ways to tell and as we should because of, you know, us having a full service agency, but we're able to draw these insights just from the tools available and the native platforms we're using. So it's better than somebody may think. That's a relief to hear. Anything else that you wanted to share with us today on utilizing analytics to drive effective campaigns? I think just that if you're not using them, you're missing out on a lot of valuable information. And I mean, even kind of back to that discussion about the influencer marketing, you can draw your own conclusions off with analytics platforms. I mean, if you have a placement with, you know, an influencer and you want to see if it works, you can look at your native social channels. Like, did your followers go up when that post came out? Did your web traffic go up? Did X, Y, and Z? So drawing those conclusions, kind of like we were talking about yesterday, analytics platforms allows you the opportunity to do that. And to yet again, put a justification behind the budget you're putting in certain places. So having those insights just lets you tell that story, the data story to the decision makers. And without it, I mean, it can be a lot more complicated. Without the story, you're nothing. Exactly, exactly. That's great. Thanks, Caitlin. That wraps up this episode of the Data Driven Podcast. Thanks to Caitlin Wiggins, the Marketing Director at Liquefied Creative for joining us. 
If you'd like to contact Caitlin, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit her company website, liquefiedcreative.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to datadrivenpod.com. We've got summaries of all our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you want to share your most compelling use cases for data, you can apply to be a guest speaker on the Data Driven Podcast. You can also add me on LinkedIn. My name is Dominic Bohan and reach out to me directly. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a steady stream of data-driven brilliance in your podcast feed, we're publishing multiple episodes each week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed tomorrow. That's it for today. Remember that when it comes to data, less is more.